As if the McCrispy couldn't get any better, bacon and ranch just entered the chat. The Bacon Ranch McCrispy, available at participating McDonald's for a limited time. Ba da ba ba ba. Davis steps under center. Gibson and McClendon behind it. Davis with motion by Richard. Will get the ball to McClendon. He leaps. Oh, he doesn't get in. He fumbled the football. Carolina holds. The game is over. And Carolina has won the game. Finley to throw. Over the middle. Intercepted. Wolfuck again. Wolfuck the other way. At the 30. The 40. Wolfuck to midfield. Miles Wolfuck with the pick. The heels on the doorstep of an enormous victory. Left side of the line. Hood standing to Williams is right. Williams going to throw. One-on-one. Davis has it. Touchdown. Carolina wins. Carolina is the Coastal Division champion. Bernard fields it at the 26. Heading to the far side. Gio at the 35. Gio, he's at the 50. No, he's not. Yes, he is. Gio, he's going to take it for a touchdown. Are you kidding me? Connor Barth for the possible win. Snap. Spot. Kick away. High enough. Long enough. It's good! It's good! Carolina has won the game on a 42-yard field goal by freshman Hunter Burr. Good gosh, dirty. This is the Heel Tough Blog Podcast. Hey guys, and welcome into another edition of the Heel Tough Blog Podcast. It is Anthony Pagnata back with you full off-season mode now, uh, but before we uh, officially head into uh, focusing on National Signing Day uh, 2020, uh, that comes up here on Wednesday, we got to talk to Bill Bender of the Sporting News, who is with us. And uh, Bill, uh, I know uh, you got wrapped up here just about a month ago now with uh, the college football season here uh, in 2019-20, and uh, what an exciting finish we had to the year. And uh, I think that for Tar Heel fans, that's the way they kind of felt as well. Um, you know, it was a really good finish, a good bowl game against Temple. Uh, so th- this team definitely has some really good momentum heading into 2020. What did you think about the finish for the Tar Heels in, in 2019? And, uh, you know, where is your uh, where is your hype level kind of at right now around this team heading into 2020? Well, I mean, you're seeing it across the way too early top 25s. We obviously had them ranked. A lot of people did. Um you know, you close the season on a three-game win streak. Now nobody's going to get excited about Mercer, but you blow out NC State and Temple. Uh, have a winning season in that first year. And, and the thing that sticks out with North Carolina that I always look at when you're building a program, they are in the – all six games on one score. One score or less. I mean, you know, well, I can't, you can't less than one score, I suppose. But, um, you know, what I'm getting at is the next step is you start winning those close games, and maybe they can live up to the hype. So – I mean, for what he did in one year with the recruiting, 
quarterback play and everything else, yeah, North Carolina has a lot of reasons to be optimistic heading into next year. Well, they return a lot of their guys on the offensive side of the ball, but the side of the ball that I'm a little more interested in is the defensive side of the ball. From our perspective, I think a lot of Tar Heel fans were very satisfied with what they saw from Jay Bateman. What about from a national perspective? Is there really a good feeling around what Jay Bateman has gotten started at North Carolina, and do they think that he can expand upon that in year two? Well, what I noticed in recruiting, and I don't follow recruiting like super closely, but I, I follow positions, and when you start recruiting the def- defensive line and getting those four-star guys to come there, that makes a difference. Um, yeah, and I think obviously they had some losses on the defensive line going into next season, so they'll have to learn on the fly, but yeah, they, they start with getting that system put in place, start to play a little better. I mean, in the ACC, it's conducive to shootouts as it is, but... And it's a defense that frustrated Clemson for the better part of four quarters as well. So I think that's something to keep in mind going into next season. Well, let's talk about the superstar himself, Sam Howell. And first of all, you know, just uh, how impressive did you think his his true freshman season was? Because, you know, I, I know a lot of people that were trying to compare it just from looking at the numbers to what Trevor Lawrence did. Is he a guy that really, because he played the whole season, deserves to be compared to what we saw from Trevor Lawrence the year before? I got to talk to Mac before the bowl game about Sam and his freshman year, and obviously the, the tag there is all the touchdowns, the touchdown record. I mean, most by a true freshman ever, and that's that's pretty awesome when you can say you did that. Um, but as Mac pointed out, I mean, there were some things he couldn't do because he was a little nicked up with some injuries, so we didn't see him run as much. And then at the bowl game, he did see him run a little bit. So if he can fit into that offense, which he really took a – big step forward in Phil Longo's offense in his first season. I think he could get a little bit better. I mean, I'm seeing quarterback lists right now, and I know it's early, Anthony, but when you're seeing these lists that say, obviously most of them are going to say, yeah, Trevor Lawrence Justin Fields are the top two quarterbacks going mm-hmm. into next season. A lot of them have Sam Howe at number three, and a lot of those publications wouldn't be wrong. So here, here's the ultimate question when it comes to Sam Howell then. I know a lot of people have looked at it, and, and of course Tar Heel fans want to want to believe it in their soul that it can actually happen. What do you think the chances are that he can actually go ahead and win this first Heisman for Carolina? Because it seems like he's at least got the mantra about him, and so far he's at least shown us that he's going to at least have a fighting shot. But do you think that maybe the team just holds him back a little bit, or you, you think this might actually uh, have a chance of happening? I mean, yeah, you have to have the numbers. I think, you know, there are some things that go into the highest levels you can't always control mm-hmm. in terms of, you know, Joe Burrow won a national championship in the Heisman. That doesn't happen all the time. I mean, he would have to have a year like Lamar in Louisville where not only did he have the big numbers, but he also had the team competitive. You know, the win total is going to have to be there. I think if he can do all those things and get – North Carolina did an ACC championship game, and maybe we could watch an ACC championship game that was actually competitive with Clemson, then he might have a chance. So, yeah, I, I, I totally agree with that. When you look at the ACC Coastal heading into next season, again, you know, we all we all know, look, seven different champions in seven consecutive years. Now that that's all out the window. You know, now we're going to, I think, find out, you know, who's going to really start to become a little bit of a force here in the ACC Coastal. It seems like heading into the year, Carolina as well as Virginia Tech are the two teams that a lot of people are high on. What do you think about that? And I'm also kind of interested to see does De'Ara King kind of change your perspective of Miami and make them a competitor in the Coastal as well? Well, I mean, you can't forget about UVA either. I know they lost 
Perkins and a lot of other guys, but Brock has done a good job of building that program into something more. I think Georgia Tech is on the way back up. If you looked at their recruiting, very similar to North Carolina in terms of who they got. And, and uh, I think Jeff Collins will continue to build on that, but they might be a year away. So, yeah, I think Virginia Tech, team to watch. Uh, Justin Fuente seems to be getting them back in the right direction. Turned down anything with Baylor, which seems that he's committed there. And you said it. I mean, King is the next factor at Miami. The one thing they haven't had in a long time is that quarterback that can get the ball to the difference maker. So, to me, it really comes down to Miami and North Carolina and the quarterback play. It's the same, same thing I th- said about the division last year. When you have a bunch of teams that are even, generally it's the quarterback that will separate things. And uh, Virginia had that with Perkins last year. Yeah, no, I agree with that. That's one of the reasons that, you know, when I look at them, I, I think they're they're one of those teams that probably takes a step back. But I think you're right. And then, I mean, we all know, look, Pittsburgh is the biggest wild card I think I've ever seen in college football. We all want to think that they're not going to be good. And they always find a way to be competitive and, and somehow in the race in the Coastal at the end of the year. You know, you look at the schedule here for the Tar Heels in, in 2020. And, I, I mean, look, they're going to be battle-tested early on with a road trip to Central Florida. Then they uh, face off against Auburn in Atlanta. Um, but after that, I mean, you look at some of the guys, some of the opponents that they get at home. I mean, Virginia Tech they get at home, which probably stacks up to be the biggest game. They do have to go on the road uh, to Miami, but also get uh, the team that I mentioned, Pittsburgh, and then rival NC State at home. This schedule, we talked last year before uh, the season about how the schedule was just really so difficult and just getting to a bowl game would be huge. This schedule, I think, stacks up a little bit better for the Tar Heels to win. Do you, do you kind of agree with that? There isn't. I mean, in terms of the ACC, though, I mean, October is a real interesting month. Uh, when you have to go to Virginia and Virginia Tech back-to-back, you get Miami before the bye week uh, down there. And uh, if, if Kim has I think it will be. That's not going to be an easy game. So, I mean, it's just going to have to be developing that consistency. Because I, the way I see it with those four games, even Duke, knowing how last year's game went, you could be in four one-score games there. Uh, maybe less, you know, like that one, that seven points or less game that uh, you have to be on on each week and you have to get each one out of your head. And, I mean, that's like you said, those first two weeks when you go to Central Florida, that's not an easy game at right. all. Right. And then you, you turn around and play Auburn. I think if North Carolina can beat UCF, that Auburn-North Carolina game could be one of the best games in September just because of the two quarterbacks involved, the sophomores and how, and uh, Bo Nix with Auburn, who, who – Definitely got better as the season went on as a freshman. So, you know, I, I think this is kind of the biggest question with, with, uh, with where this team's at right now. What would you consider a successful second year for Mac Brown? Does, I think there's a lot of people that are looking at it and seeing the way that the ACC Coastal stacks up and saying, well, if he doesn't win the ACC Coastal, then honestly you probably call this season a failure. Do you kind of see that being the case, or do you think that even if they don't win the Coastal, as long as they get to about eight and four, nine and three, you could still consider that a, this a success. Yeah, I mean, I think nine wins would be living up to it. I mean, when I do the rankings, uh, you know, obviously Clemson will be number one across mm-hmm. most publications going into next year. So for North Carolina and Louisville, those are two programs that really caught my attention this year. North Carolina with, obviously, with Mac having a winning season in year one, and then Louisville 
getting Scott Satterfield to kind of flip that culture back around in one year. And they were impressive in their bowl game. They have a good scheme. They uh, Their offense is really good, and they've got a Hawkins comes back at running back. He could be a dope walker candidate. So those are the two teams on the up. Um, you know, and then, I, like you said, Miami and X-Factor was king. So the ACC is improving in quality, I think, especially at those three schools, because we're looking for somebody. Yeah, I mean, we're desperate at this point for somebody to compete with Clemson, and maybe it'll be one of those three next season. Well, we hope it can be the Tar Heels. We hope they'll be meeting Clemson in Charlotte uh, for that first time since 2015 and hopefully find a way to get some revenge on them. But, hey, Bill, uh, thanks for stopping by, man. Uh, I know uh, it's still early in the offseason, and we're still uh, a long way away from talking college football in season. But thanks for stopping on with us. We always love having you on, and uh, we'll have you on down the line again. All right, buddy? Hey, sounds good. Thanks for having me on. Take care. All right. So that is Bill Bender of the Sporting News here giving you his thoughts on the Tar Heels' finish to the 2019 season and then what to expect from the Tar Heels in the 2020 season. Of course, we'll have you covered with everything. Uh, spring practice, just a little over a month away. It'll start on March 17th. We'll have you covered with that, and then uh, we will finish up, but we will actually be in attendance for the spring game on April 18th, and we'll have you covered with all that on HeelToughBlog.com. Got you covered right now with all the off-season storylines that you need, weekly storylines for the football team getting ready to go up here pretty soon probably going to have that up uh, either later tonight or uh, early tomorrow if I'm not able to get it finished tonight I've um, been really focusing on on the basketball team here these last couple of days for the website uh, because we got so much great basketball coverage for you it really hasn't been all that great for the Tar Heels on the court uh, but we've had you covered all the way we've had you covered with the recaps analysis of the Boston College game uh, and now we have the uh, recap and analysis uh, from last night's game against Florida Florida State. So make sure you guys go back, check that out on the website, as well as uh, the Roy's Boys podcast. Going to have the recap uh, from that game going up as well. Um, and then, of course, uh, later on this week, we will have you covered uh, basketball-wise with everything for the huge rivalry matchup against Duke. Uh, we'll take you through all of that, and hopefully Carolina can come out with a victory in that one. So uh, make sure you go check that out. HeelToughBlog.com is where all of that is at. Make sure you rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. You can do that on any of the major pla uh, podcast platforms, primarily Spreaker, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify. Those are the main ones. But uh, anywhere you find your podcast, you can find uh, the Heel Tough Blog podcast. So once again, want to thank Bill Bender for joining us. Want to thank you guys for listening to this edition of the Heel Tough Blog podcast. And as always, go Tar Heels. Heels.